much dip. It's the TMD podcast. My name is David. Let it hit. Let it hit again. There it is. Dylan Shivery in studio with me, talking sports, mixing it up, just chopping it up like guys. What's up? After your team loses the big game, it's nice ah. to have like that extra day of buffer. I mean, today's Tuesday. The game, it's been two days since the, the game I, I just referenced. It's nice. I'm in a good I'm in a good headspace about it, surprisingly. You know what I've always said? On to next year. This is what I've always said. When my team wins a big game, mm-hmm. it's good. But when my team doesn't win the big game, you better look mm-hmm. out, Buster. I'm a loose cannon. This is not good at all. It's not good at all, KJ. KJ coming to us live from Madison. The hesitations in that drop are always my favorite parts of it. Um, but yes, coming to you live from Madison here in the uh, Cucked North. Thank you for Micah for standing in, uh, taking care of uh, the pod while I stood in the corner and finished up some business on my own. I would like to uh, keep <laughs> things efficiently on track. Time out. Did you just? Did you just? Uh, you put yourself in the cuck chair. You shoehorned in a a a, a cuck joke. I just had to sit back and just wait in uh, the waiting room. Randy was like, yeah, 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 one second. Micah's doing his thing. You just need to sit there in that chair. We'll let you know when you're ready to come on. So, hey, I get it. If you're wondering what KJ is referring to, um, other than the cuck chair thing, of course, Micah, Micah popped on with us, We Dylan and I. We just did kind of a Dallas Cowboys uh, autopsy, just a little group therapy, talked it over for, oh, I don't know, about 37 minutes at the end of the pod. We so. laughed. We cried. We learned a little something. It was it was remarkably hinged across the board. Yeah, Micah actually, he didn't call anybody fat for the record. No, no one's body was criticized. <laughs> he, held it, he held it together, except it was well, nice. we kind of crit. Arguably, anyway. What's up, man? How's the? Are you getting snow up there? Uh, if you know where you're looking. Um, it's talking cocaine. Nothing going. today. Right. Things have melted a little bit. Uh, but I'm glad you brought that up. I'd like to express. Um, you know, my grave concern and, and T's and P's and all of those things to the good folks of North Texas, um, you know, home is where the heart is, so it's not quite there, but you know, my thoughts are certainly with you guys as, as you're looking at, I don't know, I think they said like maybe up to one inch or so, maybe accumulating to two inches of snow sounds pretty crazy. Uh, so with that said, maybe you should buy that extra loaf of bread um, save up by half an egg or two and, uh, really hunker down over the next 48 hours. Uh, Okay. Thoughts are with you folks. He's been up there for six months. He's already cocky Northern guy. He's cocky Northern snow guy. Go ahead. Tell us we're bad. We don't know what we're doing, how we drive in snow for the record. It's not going to snow here. That's, that's going to be far, far North, Northwest Texas. If it does at all. (laughs) Leave a little space, you know, take your time. You approach the stop sign. You don't need your brakes as much as you think you do. You Jeez. need to steer into. You need to take to Twitter with this. This needs to be your new thing. You need to just really, <laughs> really wreak havoc on. <laughs> Every news headline I see from a Delcus adjacent uh, panic about uh, weather. <laughs> I got that sitting on top of the grill right now. <laughs> you guys don't even know what a snowdrift is, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last derailment, and I'll try to keep this a quick one. Please. Today is the 24th of January. Facts. 
is it too late for not only exterior Christmas lights, but full-blown Christmas trees to be displayed in windows here in the United States of America and North America? Um, what you choose to do with your home in remembrance, in honoring the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Dylan, KJ, um, is up to you, and I won't judge. However... It's too late. Seems a little late. Thank you. It's a month. It's been a month. I still have people in my neighborhood who, who not only are their lights up, they're turning them on. Mm-hmm. Like they're, That's my problem. These, and I'm wondering, like, man, I guess, uh, I guess lunchflation hasn't hit your home yet. I think... <laughs> I think Santa Claus was still on our roof when when Brittany started taking our shit down. She was like, "All right, enough, <laughs> enough of the Christmas spirit." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I'm like, "At least extend it to like New Year's Day." Did she say "Bah humbug"? No, uh, she may have, but she was like, she was throwing shit out and tearing lights off the roof. I was like, "You just gotta chill out a bit." I do you think know? I took down a wreath like on the way to the garage, like. With the first load of wrapping paper, like getting it out of the living room, I was already grabbing decorations at that moment on Christmas Day. So, right there with you. God, Ebenezer Splooge over here. Splooge. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? Well done. I want to give a big shout out to our. <laughs> I want to give a big <laughs> shout out to our good friends at DraftKings, the DraftKings sports book. Four NFL teams, KJ, four of them. Two conference championship games. Two of them, Dylan. Mm-hmm. And only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg, you add up to 100%. I don't know what you guys are eyeing, but I'm I'm kind of rocking with the Bengals right now. I know, man. I don't know. That line looks enticing. What What's the line? What do you uh, got? Putting me on the spot here. I just <laughs> it may, said it, it looked may, enticing. It may have hopped a little bit. Let's see. I'm oh, sorry. yeah, it hopped. It is two I, and a half. Yeah. Favoring the Bengals. Wow. High ankle sprain's a tough one. It's a tough one. Ask Tony Pollard. More mm. on that later. Anyway, shout out to DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code WASHED. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code WASHED. Minimum, aged, minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Bang. We got some golf. Where do we want to begin? We got to start with golf. People tuned in to hear this golf beef. How disrespectful is it to throw a golf tee at someone? Um, it's not. It's it's up there. It's it's not as bad as uh, stomping on someone's ball and you know pushing it down in the dirt, but it's up there. And I have to wonder. Of course, we're referring to the uh, Rory McIlroy. Patrick Reed uh, controversy, which is going down, I believe, in Dubai. Um, all the buzz. This is this is where we're at with golf coverage right now. All the buzz has been uh, Pat Reed tried to say what's up to Rory. Rory wouldn't look at him, wouldn't acknowledge him. Pat Reed throws a tee. If he threw a tee, it's one thing. But you ever done the tee flick? You could get some good velocity with a flick, and that's a completely different game. That can hurt somebody. It's hard to throw a golf tee hard is what I'm telling you. Much easier to flick. It's an awkward thing. 
The Razor Ramon, if you will. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Is he dead? Oh, yeah, we did lose him. Yeah, we lost him last year. Fuck. That is, that was is he correct? Was he doing it to, to fuck with them? Or was he? Was this, like, mean-spirited? Do we, I mean, in his Patrick career, it's, it's hard to give the guy the benefit of the doubt here. But I could see me doing that to you, being like, yo, Dave. Like, did you not? Well, hey, dickhead. No, he... Roy wants nothing to do with him. Roy was ignoring him as Patrick Reed was trying to acknowledge him. I could still see Patrick Reed in that in that context being like a playful, like, hey, dickhead, I'm right here, instead of like a, you know, you feel me. People didn't like him before. They really don't like him post-Saudi post, uh, post Saudi bag. And uh, <laughs> Rory's kind of been – he's kind of been the captain PGA. He's wearing the cape. He's been the guy really out there, him and JT, speak to some extent. But it's just hilarious. I just I love stuff like this because like I, I I haven't tuned into a ton of golf, but this is starting to get me back into it. I do my best tweeting during golf season, so this this is exactly what I needed. KJ, I know you're a big golf guy. I will say this: there was a um, headline three days ago. Roy McIlroy says PGA Live Golf feud is out of control, but here he is, like in. What would have been like, nobody would have written a headline. Roy McIlroy says hi to Patrick Reed and walks by. Like here he is continuing this drama. Now, if this is a situation where it's like, he never talks to anybody, you know, uh, at the driving range ahead of uh, a round. He definitely get it. (laughs) But I'm fairly sure, you know, that's not the case as, as confirmed by you. But I just don't think that. I can give Rory as much of a benefit of the doubt because from the beginning, I thought he's been a little too high and mighty uh, of being captain PGA as, as, as you label them. Like if you, if you want to let this like simmer down, just like move on. I know nobody's nobody likes Patrick Reed, myself included, but it isn't that hard just to be like, yeah, yeah. What's up, man? Yeah, that's fair. The ignoring things a little much. I mean, I don't know. There's probably a Colin Farrell meme out there. Uh, is this feud healthy <laughs> for the popularity of golf? Yes, I think so. Because that's, that's, that's the number too. one deterrent to people getting into golf is that it's boring. If you get some beef, you get some street beefs. These events that it, that um, have golfers from both PGA and Liv mm-hmm. attending. It's a DP event. It's, it's more... Uh, Ever been to one of those? <laughs> no. No, it's I European haven't. European thing. Never have, Dave. Um <laughs> I uh I'd be more inclined to tune in if it were if they were both at the same tournament than I were to be if you know just watching live or PGA if, if they were paired together watered down fields mm-hmm. uh no controversy mm. you know you feel me so yes. yeah give give me a little cattiness go off king yeah you know what I'm <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> You see Stapleton's doing the uh, national anthem. Um, yeah, I did. We're getting Stapes. I'm a big Stapes guy. You Dude. know that about me. This is this is a one-two punch. You're getting Stapleton national anthem. You're getting Babyface America the Beautiful. That's had twelve-time Grammy winner Babyface. Hadn't heard from Babyface in a minute. Been a minute. Yeah, he's actually I'm... an old man. He's got he's old man face now. He rebranded. <laughs> okay, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, <laughs> that was very late night talk show monologue of you. Come on. 
<laughs> Got a lot of new listeners. Don't don't tell people how bad I suck yet. Uh, if this would wow, this about to sound terrible. Babyface, I feel like is always tied to Atlanta, like the city of. So if the Super Bowl was there, I could understand it. It's not like you have to have regional acts, whatever. But whatever, you know. If uh, Babyface says yes, you say yes to Babyface. So whatever, I'm all in. Don't necessarily love that we add in an extra performance, but whatever. Yeah, you think it should be one or the other? I kind of, I kind of agree with that. Don't Got a feeling it. we're gonna get a lot of Stapleton tweets. Uh, KJ, I'm gonna give you two minutes exactly to give any cowboy takes you want because, like I said, <laughs> we did 37 minutes on it at the end. <laughs> you had a tweet okay. that I almost responded to. Go ahead. Well, I was doing what I. That was a very veiled attempt to. I'm listening to the radio guy and I really want to at the guys talking on said radio because I definitely don't want to text the guys that were talking on the radio. Uh, so I'll just write a very high level tweet and swallow my thoughts in the moment uh, about it. And that was, we'll talk about the Jags later, but so quickly people are overlooking the fact that the Cowboys played a third string quarterback because he has been successful. It's very Nick Foles-esque. It's a respectable storyline. A lot of, a lot we can talk about Brock Purdy. Um, you know, maybe next week. Who knows? Whatever. But you're trotting out one of the most respected defenses, minus some injuries at corner, in the NFL, second to the Niners. And nobody walked away from that game saying, oh, their defense just got their teeth kicked in. You did what you needed to do. Everyone went into the game questioning uh, Brett Maher. He did what he needed to do for the most part, with the exception of one blocked extra point. Didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. The offense showed up scared of the other team, and that was an absolute embarrassment. Uh, Not having Amari Cooper on the roster, or not even not having Amari Cooper, not having any assets from trading Amari Cooper on the roster or to look forward to is an embarrassment for that uh, organization. Uh, Yeah, a fifth-round pick in which – Every other wide receiver was acquired in the offseason last year for a lot more, free agent signings included. Um, I really wish I would have taken the time to go back and pull our discussion following the Commanders game um, because I think we briefly asked the question, any concern leading into the division or the wild card round? And my reflexive answer was, No, the Cowboys will do what they always do. They will overperform next week only to disappoint their fan base the following week. And you called it. That's not like that's some like unique special foresight. It's just what has happened 95% of my life. So I don't hate the Cowboys. I don't wish ill upon them. I would have preferred that we were to come in here and talk more about how their season's going to continue. But I just, you know, living so close to their fan base for so long that week in between the command or the week in between the um, Buccaneers and, uh, um, wow, my brain is just trouble. The Niners, the overconfidence of Cowboys is cannot be compared. The disappointment and the letdown and the anger is so far disconnected from their attitudes following the Commanders game that I'm just like, do you not remember two weeks ago when you thought this team wouldn't win another game? 
Why are you so angry right now? If you thought they were crap 12 days ago, uh, I'd push like, back on and that. And the truth is in the middle. And the truth is in the middle. You can uh, be, like you, they're. It'd be one thing if San Francisco trucked you, but you could you that gives a very winnable game. You just needed your quarterback absolutely. to be, be a little bit above average, not even great. It wasn't just, even a heartbreaker. No, it was more of like just a, a like a bloodletting disappointment. Like I get being frustrated, but the amount of drama that Cowboy fans like, you know, I never again. I will. I have watched this 42 inch TCL television uh, as I roundhouse like kick my TV in front of my family <laughs> as I headbutt my TV and give myself a concussion. Yeah. Just, I, I give Dylan credit quite often for being, you know, amongst the best type of sports fan that you can find, you know, informed yeah. and very passionate and picks his spots, but also knows when to be like, you know what? Well, uh, we'll be back. Uh, and that kind of like level-headedness is lost on a lot of Cowboys fans. Oh, thanks, KJ. Hey, here's a little, uh, little sidetrack a bit. Some breaking news that uh, affects both you and me, KJ. Uh, wide receivers coach of the Jaguars, Chris Jackson, has departed and is now joining the staff in the same position at University of Texas. <laughs> Why? How random is that? <laughs> yeah. That really worked out well. That's some good breaking news. Yeah, how about that? Like, wow. Okay. Uh, probably more money. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think yeah. he gets a pay raise right. and uh, gets to, I don't know, maybe he wants to recruit. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. Good for him. I, I'm not familiar with, uh, sorry, I wasn't familiar with, with game. the game. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I would say as we get to the Jags later, the wide receivers for the Jaguars overperformed. Um, there it but, is. You know, we saved that. So good for him. Can we give a shout-out before we talk Jags to our good friends at Athletic Greens? Please, Dave. Oh, yes. You know I love my AG1. Started my day. Like I do every morning, like we all do every morning, started my day with AG1. Wake up, rip open a pack, pop it in a water bottle, six, eight ounces water, shake it up, pound it. First thing I do. So what is it? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start mm. your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, or your aging, Dylan. Oh, we're both, come on. We're both aged. No, both of us. You look good. You look like you have Botox <laughs> is what I was told. Come on, dude. KJ, what are you... What? Aside from responding to Ricky Prosper about some, you know, uh, touch-ups to my forthcoming uh, cartoon profile... The best I can do to preserve my public face is to stay on top of my AG1 on a daily basis. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system. As David probably just told you moments ago, no more millions of pills on a daily basis and supplements. I'm going to stop because he's nodding his head like I just said this 10 seconds ago. No, no, you're wrong. I did not. Oh, okay then. I'll tell people that it's time to reclaim your health and army immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, KJ. Costs you less than $3 a day. You've seen the price of eggs out there? You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. God, do I know something about a cold brew habit? (laughs) This guy likes cold brew. Like it a lot. Love it. Invest in your all-in-one nutritional insurance, like KJ said. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first first purchase. All you got to do, 
is visit athleticgreens.com slash bang. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash bang to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, check it out. You'll feel better. Boom. All right, KJ, since you're rolling right now, let's just what happened with these Jags? <laughs> that is just a good reminder to don't don't look away at any point in time. Stay engaged, stay dialed in. Don't look at anything else. Be in the zone when you're in the zone. Because David might ask you a question on the spot and you may completely misread where you're at, where you're at in the show. Jacksonville Jaguars. Um I don't even think it's fair to say that they overperformed. I think it's my, my prevailing thought in that was that game was just as winnable as the Cowboys loss was like those games were very similar as they went down to the wire. It is very weird to me, like how optimistic it seemed that the players on the field were for the Jaguars. They showed the same thing in, in, in the chargers game. So maybe that's why it was so fresh in their face or fresh in their mind, but it was shown on their faces like up until the point they were kicking a field goal, kicking the onside kick, they were really dialing in to like try to come back and win a game that they shouldn't have been in in the first place. Didn't see it for Dallas, but this isn't about Dallas. Um, had Travis Etienne played last year, I worry that we would have had Urban Meyer around for longer because he absolutely delivered, I think, like 1,100 yards rushing. Like he was a weapon. Yeah, Urban laid a nice I, foundation for the team. The franchise <laughs> going forward. I mean, his draft picks were unquestionably solid. All of the free agent signings were unquestionably good. Maybe that's Trent Balky's credit, but there aren't any misses in their draft class and free agent signings the last two years. Evan Ingram from this offseason has been a tremendous asset. Really hopeful that they can re-sign him or maybe go get Michael Mayer or whoever from the tight end class this year. Um, last thing on the Jags in general, I wouldn't have felt bad. If uh, they got the win because Chad Henney stayed in the game, I'd have been like, them's are the breaks. I did feel a little bit bad. If we're going to lose the game, I don't want this issue to like screw up the chiefs run for the rest of the playoffs. Like give it to me one way or the other, like as bad as Travis Kelsey torched us, it didn't feel good to lose by seven, you know, either get blown out and keep Patrick Mahomes healthy so we can see good football or, you know, have them take the day off and sneak out of there with the W. Uh, that just didn't happen. I was pulling for y'all. I think many people were. Um, I just wanted to. I wanted to, the storyline. I, I like Trevor Lawrence. He's uh, one of the few Clemson guys I, I pull for. But yeah, that's house money. Would, uh, that's like people say that a lot. Like y'all were playing with house money. Cowboys were not playing with house money. <laughs> so you probably Cowboys felt, are playing on a uh, payday loan money. <laughs> they went to cash America, got that PDL 38% interest rate. Not good. Um, last thing on the Jags. I'm pretty sure I was very vocal about Christian Kirk being very overpaid. He was the first wide receiver signed last off season when he left the Cardinals and I, and the, um, like way, way over market. So I was surprised about that. And he absolutely delivered. So I'm happy with their season. Um, quickly on the other two team, other two games. And I know we got to wrap up soon. Mm -hmm. uh, the bills. I'm not that mad that they're out of there. I would question now that we're far enough on the road of recovery. 
I feel comfortable at least saying mm-hmm. if we're putting in the news that a certain individual is still on oxygen, gets winded easy, is still working through some cardiac rehab, having him at the game might not be the emotional lift that we expect it to be and could be slightly a distraction. Not saying they lost because of it, but wow. if we're going to, if we want the team to have the heart needed to grind out a game like that, we got to go in a different move direction. Interesting so, choice of words. I didn't I see much know. of the Eagles game. That was a blow. I don't know, KJ. I don't want. I don't want him there. Give that me was, a Facetime. Why? from home? That was one of those losses that you you have an entire. It's going to be a bad off season because it wasn't close, and you got like oh, you got dominated physically on both sides of the ball. Uh, whereas the Cowboys loss is just like oh, we're just gonna we're gonna bitch about our forty million dollar quarterback. Okay, we've been we've been here before. Yeah. I understand the Bills thing, man. Like they were supposed to. This yeah, is supposed to be the year. The other team had Jackson Mahomes in in the booth, or not in the booth, but up in the suite, though, to kind of offset. Anything we did get a Brittany said, and Jackson shot. I just think, said right? about Hamlin. <laughs> did he hit? Did he hit the the he, nene or anything? He hit everything, man. That's he what hit he the, does. He hit the woe with with Demar. He he and Brittany definitely were not super obnoxious up there making TikToks and whatnot. <laughs> I do remember seeing that. I'm thinking that that's the Gene uh, Jones equivalent of if we get a Brittany shot, that's the Chiefs equivalent of like fans don't want this. No. Yeah, Giants-Eagles, we don't even have to talk about. I don't think anybody thought the Giants were going to do it. I didn't think they'd get trucked like they did, but the Giants aren't good. They're not good. They shouldn't have been there. That's all I'm saying. Fair. All in all, you know, I'm over it. I've had had 48 hours. Eagles are really good. I pull for Jalen Hurts. I know you said he's overrated, famously. I still think AFC wins this thing, but um, obviously the Eagles aren't really fucking good, so. Are women, um, women in my life, I should say, sister, wife, people around, are they just now figuring out that Joe Burrow's uh, an attractive guy? The coolest dude in America? Like, he already went to a Super Bowl. He won a natty. Like, is this second run, like, is this, like, what's really putting the nail in? Like, yeah, you know what? This guy is pretty hot. Like, he started, on top of all the other shit that he's accomplished, he started dressing, too. He did start dressing. And that I think that's caught uh, the attention of... The fairer sex. Yeah, my sister just tagged me in an Instagram of him, like that he posts. I'm like, what? Why? We don't. I don't think we've ever discussed Joe Burrow. Did she had some emojis <laughs> along with it. I, I mean, God, we're. I don't want to put her on Front Street. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. All right, we're gonna play the outro music, but stay tuned for 37 minutes of Dylan, Dave, and Micah just being sad. Bye bye. I want my chips with a dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with a dip. So bring them dips. Micah, it's always a pleasure podcasting with you, sir. How are you? I'm uh, sad, sad, sad. But uh, generally, I'm okay. How are you guys doing? Uh, pretty good. Why are you sad? Um, everything all right at home? What's going on? <clears throat> Did you get kicked out? Oh yeah. No, no, no. Things are great. Things are great. Okay. That's, uh, you know, people get sad after football games. Ah. When teams they support disappoint them and lose. It's Tuesday. But you know, so we've, we've had a lot of time to, to really just let it sink in, figure out mm-hmm. how to cope with it. Uh, you were the first person I wanted to talk to. Um, I, I honestly contemplated watching the game with you, reaching out to see if you would be interested in such a thing. But I, I figured you're much like me and you like watching it alone so you can be miserable by yourself. Um, 
You got anything that just jumps out at you that you didn't like, or maybe something you, you did like? Well, uh, let me start by saying you are correct. I uh, spent Sunday uh, drinking non-alcoholic beer and pacing around my home um, in a, a totally miserable state. Everything about it was nothing about watching the Dallas Cowboys is enjoyable for me. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe that's a sign that I need to find a new hobby or uh, spend my time doing something more worthwhile. But, um, you know, not a whole lot to like uh, about the team's performance. How did you um, feel, the, just to interject real quick, how did you feel going into the game? Was there anything that was giving you hope? Obviously, the week before, the Cowboys played pretty well against the Bucs. Uh, Dak in particular looked really strong. Did that give you any sense of like, all right, they might have this one against the Niners? Yeah. So, so my, my feeling moving into the game and, and is sort of the same coming out of it. And then my number one feeling coming out of the game is the 49ers are better. The 49ers are better and the 49ers are better. They are a better football team than the Cowboys. Now going into the game, I, I sort of assumed that, but I said, you know, no rookie quarterback has ever t- taken the team to a Super Bowl. And of all of the rookie quarterbacks in history, is Brock Purdy the one to do it? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're going to lose at some point before the Super Bowl. Why not with Micah Parsons chasing him around and harassing him, uh, you know, tricking him into making a, a mistake or two, and and then, you know, winning a close game? I thought it was possible. Um. But it basically went the way I expected it to, and not to not to, I hate being that guy, but you could have seen it from a mile away, and uh, you know can can we just start with the kicker? Ah, uh, yes, the great Brett Maher. Like, how much worse could the kicker off the street be than than Brett Maher? Um, I mean, I'm not expecting you to find Justin Tucker like just off the scrap heap, sitting on his couch. But, like, kickers in this league between, like, the fifth-best kicker and the 28th-best kicker are all basically the same. And the guys on 29 through 32 are good, but Brett Maher was, like, a 1,000. I, I just, it's just absolute malpractice that that guy was still a cowboy after his performance in Tampa Bay. And to think that we're just going to bring him to a new environment and it's going to be okay. It's not okay. It wasn't okay, and it was stupid to think that. It was coaching malpractice, but it was certainly malpractice on the part of the GM. Yeah, I, and, uh, uh, I agree. Favorite. Obviously, he had like a, a pretty decent season, Maher, that is. A really good season. He had, he had a good season, fair. Um, but what he did against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay – I mean, I, I don't care how, how good a season you had. Like, like the yips are a very real thing. Like, you can lose confidence in yourself very, very quickly. I don't care how long you've been doing something. And for that to occur in the playoffs, you can't just, like, hope he, like, reverts back to his usual regular season self when you just can't – you can't afford – you know, you can't afford that. And there were also reports of, him, like, pregame warm-ups in San Francisco. Um, he was, like – like 50 was, like at that at that point they had already decided not to dress the backup kicker right. so it didn't matter no, like, i, I, I mean, know at that cooked. point it didn't matter but i'm just i'm just it just goes to show you that like his confidence was just in the gutter and I, i'm sure you're going to talk about it in a minute but that the extra point that was blocked like he shanked it 
he's lucky it was blocked. It didn't so it doesn't go down as like a miss on the on the stat sheet. But like he would he pulled that thing so hard. And and my larger point is perhaps even Brett Mayer at his best, Maher at his absolute best, is like five percent, ten percent better than some guy off the street who's like the fortieth best kicker in the world. And so Brett Maher at at his absolute worst, is a liability that will lose you a football game. You've you got to replace the guy. He has no value over replacement, and he's, he's a head case. And yeah. I, I will make the argument that that missed extra point is the most important play in the game because at the end of the half, the Cowboys are tied now 6-6 instead of being ahead 7-6. They have the ball uh, near, near the 50-yard line. Kellen Moore's buttholes heightens up. The play calling got weird because you knew that we can't even, there's no way we're attempting a 50-yard field goal. There's just no chance. So we've got to get in the end zone. So they, I think they had three straight incompletions. They end up punting back to the 49ers. Of course, the 49ers go down and kick a field goal. So now they lead 9-6. Um, I just feel like they lost the game right there. That's four points that you could have had. Uh, are really seven points because the Niners get one, you miss the extra point, two, you don't attempt a field goal, and three, the Niners go down and get a field goal. Uh, it was just, I, it changed the whole game. It changed the whole mindset. And uh, it, it was totally preventable. Yeah. And I don't, I, I would have had no problem had they tried to kick that because he has been exceptional from 50 and beyond in like, um, he made two other field goals later in the you know in the second half, but I would not have cared if they if they just gave it one more shot and then after that said all right if we get it in the end zone we're not even kicking the extra point we're going for two like I I would have no problem with that all in mentality, but you're absolutely right because now the rest of the game not that there was a ton to enjoy anyway all I could think about when we got to their side of the field was. Well, we can't. We're not kicking. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's everything's four down territory. It just it made it unwatchable, and it just oh god, watching him roll out there, putting the camera on his on him on the sideline <laughs> when they get close. It's just so tense, man. Feel awful for the guy, but yeah, it's I don't know, man. I I, I had to wonder if they were somehow able to uh, concoct a, a drive at the end there and got six. And uh, had the opportunity to kick kick the extra point and tie it up or go for two, what they would have done. And I was watching it with my oh, wife. You, you, I told her, 100% I go. I told her, I go. Some people, you know, people. If he goes for two and misses it, and they don't get it, obviously, people are going to be saying McCarthy's got to go. But I would have no problem with that. You're on the road. You're a dog. Go for two. But that, that of course, that didn't happen because we ran. Because our our quarterback tried to throw a pick six on the first play of that drive, I'm, I'm then he tried to get a safety on the second. Uh, yeah, I'm, oh, that was that was those are different drives, right? That were they this, different? This, yeah, the safety was that final like there were like forty five <laughs> seconds left. No oh yeah, 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 yeah. But the drive before the next to last, which is um, what what I mean, it's I think it's fair to say the most important drive, offensive drive of Dallas's season, right? Like Dak's career. Yes, and. Dak, man, uh, that drive, like a legacy drive for Dak, like first down, he throws what absolutely should have been an interception, possibly a pick six, but it would have ended the game either way. Uh, luckily, that linebacker had like bricks for hands. Um, mm -hmm. Down two, 
Michael Gallup streaking downfield. No one was within like four yards of him, and he just completely misses him. I know it was it probably wasn't the most easy pass to hit. He was kind of stepping up in the pocket, and he had someone kind of near him. But still, Michael Gallup was wide open. And then the third down play, he's I I don't know he's he's doing a little a little two step in the backfield, and then he he gets uh, eventually gets sacked. It was. It was an absolute travesty of a drive for the Cowboys. I watched one of those uh, YouTube uh, quarterback room film guys who like breaks down like you know after a game like that. And he did a, an entire thing on Dak yesterday, and just the little things that you don't notice, like his footwork and like how he gets like he kind of his feet get a little panicky in there and he hesitates and he's late on a lot of throws, like on that first interception. Which, by the way, horrible route by Gallup. Horrible throw by Dak. So you just have two things there that are just shocking. And uh, I, love, I love the part of us uh, trading the our, our number one wide receiver, the best route runner in the league, arguably, for a fifth-round pick. Like, you don't think you could have used Amari Cooper yesterday? That's insane. But anyway. Well, we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, let me ask you a question, Dylan. At the end of that drive, it's now fourth and ten. The Cowboys choose to punt. Were you okay with that choice? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have been too upset at, had they gone for it on fourth down, but I, I was, they were still deep in their territory and enough time. I mean, obviously the, the, the Niners were going to try and stop. I mean, I'm sorry, try to burn the clock. And I think Dallas what, still had full slate of timeouts, right? So three timeouts. And as long as you can keep the guys, keep 49ers from getting a first down, uh, you have a shot. Of course, they did get a first down, and, and uh, the running back Mitchell was, you know, he didn't step out of bounds, so the clock, or he, I'm sorry, he did step out of bounds, so the clock stopped. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I didn't hate the call. I didn't hate the call. Dallas has obviously has good defense. He was playing well that day, and um, but gosh, when, I mean, getting the ball back in Dak's hands. It, look, he he's a good quarterback until it's like not not up time. And then he just, he just, he kind of just, well, he nuts up. The window for Dak, for, I think, for the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl with Dak closed when we gave him that deal. I think you, you had him a fourth rounder on a rookie deal. You had the pieces in place. You lost that close game. He wasn't bad against Green Bay in that playoff series. But since then, he's had a calf injury. His foot's been sideways. He's the slowest I bet he's ever been in his football career right now, which makes sense. He's older. Um, that's usually how it works, but he's immobile for the most part. And it's just disappointing. Cause I, I feel like for him to be good, like really good, like he has to be mobile like that, you know, like what we saw against Tampa Bay, but against Tampa Bay, the game was never really in question. Like no. the, the Cowboys had a, a healthy lead, um, pretty early on and they just maintained it, which takes all the pressure off a of deck. But as soon as the moment gets tense. Dak just kind of shuts down and is not his usual self. And we've seen it too many times to ignore at this point. Guys, there's something we have to recognize. Uh-oh. Dak is Tony Romo. They're the exact same guy. We, we've got Romo again. Uh, statistically, I think in their careers, they're almost exactly the same as starters. Uh, yards, winning, all that stuff. You've got a guy that that's probably a top 10 quarterback. Um, but now, as you mentioned, he's 29. He was the oldest quarterback in the divisional round. 
He's been banged up. He missed four games this season. He missed games in the past. He's going to continue to miss games in the future. And so now you have a quarterback, just like Tony Romo, that was mobile, not necessarily electric with his feet, but mobile enough to make a, a couple plays, but is now older and is losing that ability and is injury prone. And so to say nothing of his performance the rest of the season um, or towards the playoffs, it's just we're, we're going it's, – it's not going to work. This is where I was at the end of the Romo um, partnership with the Cowboys. You know, he's just good enough to break your heart. Um, it was clear he might be a top 10 quarterback, but the team was destined to come short with him at the helm. And it's time for a divorce. But of course, your general manager has overpaid and extended the quarterback in a way that you can't divorce him. And we're, you know, unless they draft another fourth, uh, fourth rounder who uh, is the SEC player of the year and, uh, that gets hurt and then someone else magically rises up it's not going to end well yeah that's, and it stinks. that comparison's fair and it's funny because like so romo and dak are unquestionably like the best quarterbacks we've had since you know the 90s since the glory year since Aikman. and one was an undrafted free agent and the other was mm-hmm. a fourth round pick who they didn't even want if you remember that draft they wanted paxton lynch um but denver i believe denver uh snuck up there and got him mm-hmm. uh yeah, dude, it sucks because I really, really like Dak. And, like, I don't like having to turn on him. And, like, he's, like, a good guy. And he does a lot of good stuff for the community. He and he, he's, he's the guy you want as the quarterback of America's team. He's a solid guy. He always says the right thing. He generally – I mean, he always does the right thing. We've never heard anything else otherwise. And the, the team likes him and all those things. You could have said the same thing about Tony Romo. And – Jerry and the management pussyfooted around for two years and put him on, you know, gave him the franchise tag and didn't extend him because they thought they, you know, and so now you're pay, you're going to pay for that for the next two or three years, however long he's under contract. Uh, and now I'm afraid past his prime. Can we bounce over to the uh, other position in the backfield? The, uh, Running back, we talk Zeke. Because oh, speaking of, I mean, I, I would argue that the Zeke contract is actually much, is actually the biggest problem going forward. Now they did. You're right about that, Micah. They did wait too long to uh, extend Dak. But um, as soon as I saw Tony Pollard go down, and I did say high ankle sprain because I've seen enough of those now that I know what they, I know what they look like. I didn't realize there would be a bone break. I was like, well, there's no, the second half is going to be depressing as hell because. The thought of us coming back on the road with Zeke in the backfield, it's just a it completely changed the complexion of the offense. Yeah, I told uh, I looked I was talking to Dave yesterday in the office, and I said if there's a, a silver lining to what happened, I mean Tony Pollard goes down, and like like that team is not going to beat Philadelphia. It's just not mm-hmm. like it's yes, of course it's nice for Dallas to win another playoff game and you know go to the conference championship, but. I mean, for San Francisco to eliminate our team instead of Philadelphia, that's at least nice in some way. But isn't that sad? Yeah, because I thought the same thing, and yeah. I was like, "Dude, what a pathetic mindset I have right that, now." That team wasn't going to beat Philadelphia. Like, <laughs> Dan, uh, I was we, out with Dan just... Register uh, the night before, and Dan was like, "I really need y'all to beat San Francisco." He's like, I, "He's like, we're not scared of Dallas at all." <laughs> so I can only imagine yeah. like Dallas rolling in without Tony Pollard, their best player uh, on offense, I... in my opinion. 
can we talk about Zeke? Because he stinks. He's and terrible. he's washed. And he hasn't been a difference maker since 2019, even though he's one of the two or three highest paid running backs in the league still. Uh, I, I texted you guys. He started the game. He played on the first play. And then Pollard came in and played the rest of the first series. Like, he is the starter in because Jerry wants him to be the starter. Like, it's clear the coaches, you're not running back one. And, like, it's weird that the announcers just talk about him like he's Jerome Bettis. Like, oh, he's a a short yardage guy. Like, like, uh, oh, he's a great short yardage back. Like, what? This dude's the third highest paid running back in the league. Like, he's he's a failure. This is a a failure of contract. I mean, he's had a lot of carries. I'm not picking on back or on on Zeke necessarily. I mean, he's old and, and he's been worn down and they've run the shit out of it. But like, it's, it's just that contract is so onerous um, that it's really, it's, it's hard. And, and when the announcer's like, well, let's see what Zeke's got. Zeke hasn't, has no explosiveness. Zeke hasn't broken any big play. How old do you think Zeke is? 29. Oh God. 28, maybe it's 27. (laughs) <laughs> dude what that's a lot of miles and he's, well he's he also toast. he's also made 50 million dollars is what he's gonna end up walking away with um and so i'm happy for him but he's done was and that he really he really hasn't been anything special uh for the last two or three years was it I mean, two seasons and ago maybe flashes was it two seasons ago that he showed up to training camp like in actual good shape for the first time in a couple of years and it was like oh dude mm-hmm. like like fast twitch Zeke is back. Yeah, because remember he had the when he held out and was went to Cabo. Yeah, and he was and like, like he was supposedly he, was, he filmed a documentary of it. Gooey. He, was, he was like training in Cabo. Yeah, like yeah, I'm sure, dude. That's yeah. what I do when I go to Cabo. So he train. He got criticized a bunch for showing up. You know, pretty out of shape for you know an NFL running back. Next season though, he like he comes in like 12 pounds lighter. Yeah, uh, but he still was just not explosive at all. And has it well, been for he a had, few years? He had flashes two years ago. He had nothing last year. No. Like, you know, he and he's had nothing this year. At no point were you I mean, I can't I mean, I'm sure there's something, but at no point do you do you watch him play this season and go, Oh wow, that's that's different. There aren't there aren't two backs in the league that do that. He just doesn't have it. And he's getting paid like he has it. And uh that's that is not necessarily his fault. It's Jerry's fault. The smart people I follow on Twitter, they are all uh, in agreement that uh, Jerry's going to work some kind of restructured deal with Zeke, um, keep him here, but to lessen the cap hit, which, you know, kick the can down the road type deal, which is what we do, I guess. But I, I he sells too many jerseys for, for, for Jerry to get rid of him. And that's sad that we have to even like factor that, that into the really, equation. Is that really a thing? I, I mean, he's marketable, I, I know dude. That- but like, is Jerry make how many dollars is Jerry making on that jersey? I, I just, oh, I I can't. That's such bad. That's a terrible way for a general. There's not a general. There's 32 teams. 31 general managers are not taking that into account. They just aren't. And perhaps it's because you know the guy. Well, maybe it is because he's the owner and the general manager, and his owner hat says keep that guy. But no other general manager can look at this guy and think. Think like if this guy's on any other team after being overpaid and underproductive, he's gone. You just let him. You let him walk. How many times have we seen running backs walk? 
And for some reason, he'll still be a cowboy for the next two years. I just, I lose, it blows my mind. It's hilarious our, our uh, inability to like part ways with people like when we should, except for the ones that we shouldn't part ways with. Again, Amari Cooper. Like, uh-huh. it's, it's just like, it's almost like it's sentimental, you know? And I think, I, I, I guess we finally did it with Dez, but man, Jerry just gets, he gets attached to these well, guys. Dez was that, also cooked. Who is? Let's not talk oh, yeah. about Dez. Oh, Dez, Dez was cooked. Is, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't have shocked anybody if Dez was still here, like, on the roster somehow, because Jerry refused to let him go. But he did the right thing on that. Um, he did give us a, a, a fun moment at the end of the game, though, when he played center for one snap. And um, How know, did that go? I actually were- turned the game off. Can you kind of just give me a rundown of what happened there? Yeah, sure. Um, in, a, in a desperation, <laughs> Hail Mary, I don't know what play, I guess. They needed, what, 75 yards for a, a touchdown with a couple seconds Three left. Three quarters of the field. Yeah, uh, they – they lined up for in a formation I've personally never seen before in a football game, but they had their running back at center mm-hmm. and zero other down linemen. They had a, a few linemen um, lined up outside, at like where a receiver typically would. Yeah. And they ran a play that just really didn't work. And Zeke, b- playing center, uh, got absolutely pancaked by a linebacker. Yeah, was he, not, was he not prepared for that? Did he not understand that that man was um... – I think the the few times they've run that play in practice, the defense was like, uh, I, "I don't know what we're supposed to do here. Let's just let's just not." I rush probably Zeke. shouldn't run over the franchise quarter yeah. running back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, it I seemed think like the last time ready. he may he may have done that in the game was a flag football game when he was a child that he played center, and nobody, you know, you count to three Mississippi before you get run over. Uh, I thought they ran that final play in tribute to Mike Leach as uh, they had, mm. you know. Offensive linemen spread out all over the field. May he rest in peace. A weird time to, to pay tribute to a, a late <laughs> college football coach, but yeah, maybe. And the, the funniest part, uh, so Zeke gets pancaked. So Dak has, Dak actually has pressure. He's they're running this gimmick play, and this dude's running free right toward him, and he throws it to Turpin high. You know, not that it was going to do anything anyway, but Turpin gets it, and then Turpin just gets absolutely wiped out, like just. Just the perfect ending for that game. Well, the the other perfect Turpin play was on the the kickoff return where he could either go uh, left or right and go to the end zone, but instead he went straight and fell straight down. Yeah, I I, I kind of I, I I had a feeling about that I mean, play, and to... he's a running full speed. I'm not blaming him necessarily. I know. But it is sort of, you know, if you want to point to those two plays as encapsulation, encapsula- that's not a word, but. Um, it, it, it's a microcosm. Maybe. Yes, it's a microcosm of, of what happened. Also, um, shout, out to, just, shout out to Diggs real quick for uh, completely avoiding any contact whatsoever with George Kittle on the, uh, the most important play of the game. The, uh, I guess it was a third and long across the you know that slant that he he bobbled and caught and digs just for whatever reason was that gallimore running with with uh with kittle like he was somehow covering him down the field and then digs runs over and just completely moves out of the way it was strange it was a strange choice to avoid contact there um but let, let's just talk about the general manager again and let's say it the the cowboys are doomed as long as jerry is alive and the prospects really aren't much better uh, as long as his family is in, in charge. And he's sad, 
and sad and sad. But my question to you guys, what other general manager comes out and just says, we're sad, we're sad, we're sad. Now, I know Jerry drank, I'm sure, a bathtub full of Johnny Walker Blue, <laughs> and, and I can't blame him for being sad. But, like, again, a general manager from the other 31 teams and, and your season ends that way, and all you can say to the media is, we're sad. Yeah. I guess that wasn't a question, but come on. Yeah, no, it, it's – it's um. I don't know. I I I have like a theory in my head that like nothing good will happen to them in the playoffs until they uh, finally name Will McClay the uh, GM, which he has been. Like the only, oh god, this just gets me going because you know the Sean Payton rumors are real. Um, and you know to get Sean Payton, you'd have to give up draft capital, probably a first at least. And if we if we panic move, fire McCarthy, lose Quinn go after Sean Payton and give up a first-round pick or, God forbid, two first-round picks and handicap the only only department in the uh, franchise that actually does its job and does it well, personnel, I'll be sick. Mm -hmm. I will Got be it. absolutely sick. Elevate Dan Quinn, please. Get rid of McCarthy, uh, promote Quinn, and be done with it. I'd be happy. I've only been saying that for the last 10 weeks. Uh, well, in the last three years, but yeah, Dan, Dan Quinn should be the head coach of the team. It's pretty clear. Um, I don't think that Jerry's going to pull the trigger on that. It's just sad. And, and, and really the worst part is the team isn't up and coming. They're not the giants. They didn't overachieve this year. It might be better to be a fan of Tampa Bay because at least they underachieved. And they're about to tear the whole thing up. Like where, where do the Cowboys go from here? It just, they live in the in-between. Jerry falls in love with his own guys, then he overpays them. And then we wonder why after a 17-game regular season that, you know, guys are playing through injuries. They're just, when when you have all that money tied up in the, the top guys, especially the ones that don't perform, your depth suffers as, as a, you know, and and then guys get hurt. It's, it's the nature of this game. And, and Jerry just doesn't get it. It's crazy. I'm sad. Are you going to be sad if Kellen Moore gets the job in Carolina? He is interviewing for that. No. No, not particularly. Can I get um, can I get wild for a minute, Micah? Yeah, sure. What if I told you there was a guy who was a good offensive mind, above average offensive mind, who's been very successful with a number of quarterbacks? Let's just say that guy had a bad year, and maybe took a one-way trip to Thailand. Cliff Kingsbury, OC of the Dallas Football Cowboys. How does that make you feel? Um, I mean, that's fine. It's I, juicy. I, I'm, I'm not excited about it, but don't tell me that's not a move Jerry would make. If Kellen leaves, Jerry hired Kellen. Kellen was not hired by McCarthy. They're, they're not playing McCarthy's scheme. It's not. He doesn't have a disciple there running this offense. And Jerry will go out and make another big splash. Um, if it's not Cliff, it's somebody. And I, oh man, now you got me all fired up. Well, I got bad I, news. I, it, it's not going to be Bill O'Brien because Bill O'Brien is no longer with uh, the Crimson Tide. He is now uh, back on staff with the Patriots. Really? In what capacity? Huh. OC. Okay. Okay. Not yeah, that well, anybody actually wants to help that. to actually have an offensive coordinator. 
unlike whatever the Patriots did this season. But that's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure the Cl- Cliff is the person. Cliff will get interviewed. Jerry wants Cliff, assuming uh, Kellen Moore's gone. Oh, Lord. I, I don't know if I can sit through this. I don't either, man. I thought about that. I was like, man, it's going to be a long six or seven months, whatever it is, to, oh, to training camp. You know, and at the end of the day, they're, they're not as good as the 49ers, even on a third-string quarterback. The 49ers are a better football team. The The Eagles this season were consistently a better football team. They're um, somewhere between the Giants and the Eagles. That's where the Cowboys are. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's not, you know, it's not, hey, let's, Let's go all in. Let's go get Sean Payton. Forget the future. Let's let's go win it right now. That's not where this team is. And the and the I sad know. thing is with Dak. Last thing on him, you didn't even need him to be great. Like looking back, he didn't have to like go out there and play like he did against Tampa Bay. You just needed him to go out there and be good, like a little bit better than average, like what Brock Purdy did. Brock Purdy was good. Didn't turn the ball over. Um, but no, you didn't get that, and. Uh, now we get to talk about it, and my group text will continue to continue to have the worst uh, takes. But you're, that's what we get. That's what we get as Cowboys fans. Yeah, you really want your uh, – I don't know how much Dak made this year, but – 40 mil? 40 mil. You really want your $40 million quarterback getting outplayed by a guy making six digits, which I think Brock Purdy was this year. Mm. Pretty Low close, six digits. Pretty, yeah. cl- pretty close to a league minimum. That's that's cool. That's good stuff. Very cool. But, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's great. I mean, yeah. it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I know that you guys know this, but we them boys, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it the most. I I you know maybe Jerry will die. I I just don't know what else can happen um, to solve the the problems that we consistently face as a franchise. Um, but you know, hey, uh, pro football, it's fun. You guys have any? Uh, you know, uh, any thoughts on uh, the games this weekend? I assume you're going to talk about that further as soon as I hang up the phone. But, um, you know, football, its there's three games left. That's kind of depressing, too. Uh, yeah, we are going to get into it a little bit more. Um, yeah. I'm in that weird place of rooting for Jalen Hurts but not liking the Eagles. So I'm like, I want – you know what I mean? It's like I'm – on, I'm on that Joe Burrow train right now. I think Burrow is my, my guy right now. I think the Bengals are my team who I'm riding with. Um but I just wouldn't mind something good happening to the Cincinnati Bengals and their fan base, you know, over all the other. Well, you know what? Bases. I'll say this. I'm sick of the Cincinnati Bengals already because my brother-in-law, who's a very nice guy, uh, he's married to my sister and is a wonderful guy and a nice, uh, a wonderful father to, to my niece. Okay. And I like him very much. Okay. But he'd never been a football fan before. And my sister liked this because you know, she grew up around us, and we like football a lot, probably too much. And then the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, and now Ryan is all over the Bengals bandwagon all season. He's going to the bar to watch the game. He's having fun. And they've won more playoff games the last two years than the Cowboys have since 1993, and I'm fucking jealous and angry. Mm. And that's all. Mm. How, did he choose, now, how did he land on the Bengals? He's from Ohio. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's his team. He, he wasn't. He it, caught the wave, but he he's riding the wave, and I'm happy for him. Um, but yeah, this is it's these are dark days. These are well, continue, you know. It, it's the only other thing I'd say, Dylan. Sorry is is, and Dave and I talked about it a little bit. There's just no joy in watching this team play. It's not you know I'm an Astros fan, and when it comes playoff baseball, baseball is intense and 
nerve wracking. And there's all the dramatic shot, close up shots of the games on TV, of the players and their faces, of the, the fans. And the game by nature is dramatic, but like it's fun to watch. I'm, I'm excited to watch my team play. There is nothing exciting about watching the Cowboys. It's just a, a week full of dread. And uh, now I guess I don't have to feel that for the next nine months. Give us something positive to end on here. Give us, <laughs> yeah, what's, what good is happening in your life right now that you want to share with the people at home? Um, I got nothing. I, I have yet to release the <laughs> Micah's Read of the Week newsletter. You're uh, saving it for the newsletter. <laughs> I'm saving it for the newsletter. Uh, but I'm behind on the newsletter, so that may publish this week. I know people love that. MichaelWeiner.substack.com. Well, uh, oh, oh, you know what? The only the only joy, and, and I'm glad you mentioned this because we talked about it when I came on the touching base. Um, or I'm sorry, the circling back. Uh, Thank you. The the, cir- the yeah. Apologies. The circling back Patreon episode last week. Uh, Brett gave me that meat. The meat was great. I was very happy with that. That's, I guess it was two weeks ago. Um, but when I appeared on the show, I said, um, "Oh no." I I was about to say something really smart, and it's just totally left me. Mm, I have no joy when that happens. Well, that really is going to get people to go subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, it it was a good, it was an excellent, a lot of fun. I thought it was, you know, you guys would like it. It was a nice pop-in, and it looked like if you saw the meats that you smoked on uh, Meat Smokers Only, or I guess you charcoaled them, you didn't really smoke them. I don't know what you call that, but it looked phenomenal. There were wood chunks available. Okay, um, we had some smoke. There was yeah, smog. Smoke. People were smoking. Micah, I hope that um, you can find a, a, enough going, enough oh, in your life that's going to uplift you beyond what the Cowboys have done to you because you really sound like you're down bad. Yeah, what's up? Well, I, I remember uh, on that on that Patreon podcast, I complained about how the new Twitter sucks. I don't ever want to see the For You uh, stuff. But you know what? I'm starting to reconsider because now every time I open the Twitter app, I get Nick Adams in my wow. for you. And <laughs> he, he's, he's bringing me a lot of, jo- I do follow him, but he's oh, okay. still popping up in the for you because it, I, apparently they know I'm a liberal. So I must have a right wing troll in my for you at all times. Uh, just a, a scrolling Bobert, uh, green Nick Adams. And Nick Adams is, is a, a joy. I, I'm liking all of his tweets, and I'm enjoying what he's doing. I'm glad that he's getting rid of the incredibly sexist uh, pigs at M&M's, and uh, he, he's won the spokes candy war, and I think we can all be happy about that. I don't know where his true beliefs lie, but he is by far the funniest thing the right, I'm using that in quotes, has ever produced. I, I just I hope more than anything in the world that this is all a ruse that he is going to expose in a Super Bowl commercial. And just come out and say, like, who cares about M&M's? And make it a thing about M&M's. But that's not the case. Uh, and he, he's going to hold on for at least a couple more years, I would he, imagine. He's been doing this clear. for a while, I think. He's uh, he's pretty entrenched at this point. Do you think he'll speak at CPAC? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure he has. Oh, sure God. He has. Dude, he gets, like, sign me up. He gets, like, Fox News spots sometimes. Like, he, he, has, he has some people, uh, some influential people absolutely fooled. About the bit that he's, he's, he's a, <laughs> it's a, he's good a real bit. treasure. It's, it's the best, it's, best bit. It's so good. I mean, it's, it's like Stephen Colbert without irony. It's remarkable. And throw in uh, an Australian accent. If you're not. Yes. Juiced and up a love of Hooters. 
and a love of Hooters. Just checks all of our boxes, really. Yeah. Guy plays yeah. well right into our lap. Well, Micah, always a pleasure. Hope to see you soon. We love you, Micah. Yeah. Uh, and for everybody out there, I, I would highly suggest a Guinness Zero this week while watching the AFC Championship. Stay strong, uh, dry January followers. And uh, go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use promo code ALGO to save 20%. Thanks, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Actually, go to Early Bird CBD and use promo code WASHED for 20%. How about that? Okay. Isn't that our new promo code? Am uh, I allowed to say that? You know what? Let me check. I think it is. Yeah, it's washed. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that. That was basically therapy. We had to do it to him. Um, I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about Cowboys, but it'll probably be the last time we devote uh, uh, 37 plus minutes to them uh, this year. So. Yes. KJ, any parting thoughts? Anything we need to do? Oh, we need to run it back. We're going to do... Sorry, this has been a weird... We had weird schedule issues. We did not... Dylan and I did not intentionally move the pod because we were sad. No, I, I appreciate... Uh, I was joking in the beginning. Y'all have been more than accommodating. So, uh... Well, anything for let's you, do KJ. It. Yeah. Let's run it back real quick. It won't be a long one today. Uh, yeah, run it back, which, of course, is a segment during which we talk about what we already talked about. Micah hopped on to talk Cowboys and was kind enough not to call anybody fat. Dave said Ebenezer Splooge. That's not what I said. I misspoke. Babyface now goes by Old Man Face, as he is now significantly older than he was at the height of his popularity. Micah thought maybe the Cowboys ran the last play to honor the late Mike Leach. I don't think that was the case. Uh, Micah is sad. The idea of Cliff in Dallas is juicy, per Dave. OC, not coach, for the record. We still them boys, and Micah hates it. Micah is just really going through it right now. And finally, KJ sat in the cuck chair in an NBC suite. And that concludes Run It Back. That's what this this podcast is like the NBC suites of podcasts. We're going to get it done. Look, it's not a boutique. It's not, not a five-star. You can't order room service at 2 o'clock in the morning. You can't. But you know if you look up, KJ is going to be sitting in that chair watching. <laughs> get out of here. Until next time, we will see you later. Bye-bye. I want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips.